You're listening to the Great Groups Podcast. Today, we're talking about welcoming guests into your small group. Actually, part two of that conversation with Andy Noel. We encourage you to have a plan. You're listening to the Great Groups Podcast. Our goal is to equip small group leaders at Brook Hills and beyond to make disciples through effective group ministry. You'll hear from Jay Gordon, who has more than 30 years of experience in leading church small group ministries. And he'll be joined by Chris Amaro, one of the small group leaders for the Church of Brook Hills. And often, you'll also enjoy interviews with other small group leaders. So, enjoy the commute, and thanks for listening to the Great Groups Podcast. Okay, welcome again. We're picking up with part two with Andy Noel. But first of all, I have a question for our co-host. Chris, did you actually just throw your phone across the room? <laughs> and would you tell our listeners why that happened? Yeah, so this is take two or three. I can't remember now okay. at this point. Uh, but uh, someone was looking at their text messages um, a few minutes ago. I forgot to take Jay off my mute when it was time for him to do his intro. And so, yes, yeah, and we, we have headphones with our equipment. And when I could hear that what I was saying was not coming through the headphones I knew we had missed. And so anyway, Chris is saving all these outtakes and one day we could probably have a whole episode. Oh, at least. least. I don't know who listened to it. And I tell people, man, it's the takeoff and the landing that's really hard on this podcast. The middle, you know, with conversations, especially with the guests, it flows. And we're happy to have Andy Noel back with us again. And um, Andy, we didn't talk much about your musical background. Tell us about you and your relationship to music. Well, you haven't. Oh, yeah. I've I, uh, been doing church music all my life. Uh, at, from a kid on up, I've been in several contemporary Christian groups. Wow! How did I not know that? What? <laughs> Seriously, <laughs> was a worship leader for about fifteen years, and just uh, music's just part of what I do, and how much I'll uh, it becomes part of my worship, and I just love it. And Andy's on the first row yes. of our worship <laughs> gathering with his hands uplifted and worshiping the Lord. And Andy, that's an inspiration to all of us. So I hope it's not a distraction. Not at no. all. My wife <laughs> and kids love it. <laughs> by the way, by the way, you know, often I, I come to a worship service a little bit late because I'm what I call making the rounds, visiting our own campus groups. And so, you know, often I try to have Liz sit in the back so I can join her. And by the way, sit on the end of the row, which seldom happens. <laughs> by the way, so I have to all over people. But at one point I was asking her where she wanted to sit and she mentioned down front and Andy, you, I don't know if you've ever sat in the back, but the people who sing actually go to the front of the room. And I, it it was just a whole different thing. I came back and told our staff that the people in the back where I sit, that's an unreached people group. (laughs) (laughs) It's just a totally different experience back there. And um, anyway, I mean, if you don't sing, apparently you go to the back. Yeah. Or if you can't sing, apparently you go to, not to insult all those who are listening, you sit in the back. The scripture says, make a joyful noise. Yes. And so that's Absolutely. that's what's important. It's the heart, yes. uh, not so, the voice. If you guys that are listening uh, didn't hear the first part, please go back and listen to that. But hey, the order is not that important. You can listen to this and then go back. But I, I think we had a lot of great discussion with Andy and Chris and myself about that. But we talked about planning in advance. We talked about who just catching you up, and uh, it's best for everyone in the group to be involved in in welcoming guests, and now the what. And so one of the things I wanted to throw out to start with, um, I thought about this years ago when I was uh, in church greeting, not necessarily just in a small group, but I realized we would get into some conversations 
And one day I can remember where I was standing at a prior church I served and I was kind of an intense conversation, not angry or anything, just really intense conversation with somebody that was a friend at church. And I noticed a, a face, a person walked by that I did not know. And I kept thinking, I need to go greet that person. And then I, I thought, you know, and I was not an official greeter that day or anything. And uh, the person was just, it was, it was not a point I could leave the conversation. And, you know, and also at times you hear people at, at church that, that say that nobody spoke to him. And so I did some thinking after that and I thought, okay. Uh, and so I just told people after that point, say, I said this, I said, Hey, if I'm in a conversation with you on Sunday morning and somebody I don't know walked by, I'm going to drop you like a rock and (laughs) go over and, and speak to those people. And I think that's, that's what we can do. Sometimes we get so tied up in the relationships that we have, and that's great. I mean, I, I love it. That's, that's what Christian fellowship is about, you know, um, encouraging one another and w- conversations do that, but we need to keep our eyes open for the guests and, and realize, Hey, when there's somebody new, we need to go out of the way, you know, to make them feel welcome because it could very well be that they walk through a whole Sunday morning and nobody really speaks to them. And I even hear sometimes people in our small groups that, uh, other than that official greeting, like Andy mentioned in our last, uh, last episode of this, that other than that, the regular people in the group, don't speak to them. And so that just doesn't need to be. So what are on your mind? Yeah. I, you know, this kind of, this really resonates with me because, um, my wife and I recently have, have had some issues with one of our children. Um, he's six and we've, we've had to, one of us has had to walk out into the lobby with him, um, randomly. Mm -hmm. I, to be honest, that's rare for us. So I'm, I'm one of those guys that doesn't even get to go to the bathroom, you know, hopefully everybody's that way. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, so I, I walked out and, uh, with Jackson and I was overwhelmed at the number of people that were maybe sitting on a bench by themselves or were sitting at a, a small table, having a cup of coffee with somebody. Um, but there, I did not expect to see as many people right. out there. And so while this is not small group related, you know, it is, that's a reason if you can to go and introduce mm-hmm. yourself and, and right. just find out what's going on because it could be that somebody visited, mm-hmm. came in, realized, okay, this is overwhelming. I'm going to go back out in the lobby and hang right. out. I can still hear the sermon, but I'm just going to hang out by myself, you know? Right. And so anyway. Yes. One of the things that um, I thought about, you know, on the tales of that prior conversation I was talking about with realizing I'd missed a guest is um, in thinking about greeting, I realized, hey, when I'm meeting somebody at church, I wind up asking them a lot of questions. And I later started thinking, hey, do I sound like Sherlock Holmes? Just, hey, where do you work? Where do you live? You know, all, what are <laughs> yeah. your hobbies? All this kind of stuff. And for about 20 to 25 years, I've been doing that and asking all these questions. And I, maybe I'm oblivious, but I've never sensed that anybody was offended that I was asking a lot of those questions. And one of the things I was talking with Andy about earlier is like once I find out some of the answers, I can connect them with somebody in my group that has those same hobbies. And I've I've heard church life and group life described as as Legos, and we're all looking for a connection. And if I can find somebody that's the same type of Lego and connect them together, you know, it might very well be that, you know, that's a relationship, and they're they're coming back next week because of that relationship, maybe not because of my great teaching, which might not be great, but they'll come back. It's always great. They'll come back for the connection. Like, so why have you here, Andy? And uh, this episode, unlike last episode, you, you kept pointing out two failures in our group last episode. Let's go for zero. <laughs> no, we keep it real. And I, I uh, you know, it's encouraging when we're transparent um, 
with people. And so, hey, on this podcast, we want to be transparent too. We uh, don't get it always right. And by the by the phrase great groups, we want people to know, hey, that's aspirational for us. It's not that we've arrived at having a great group, but uh, we're striving for that. Yeah, I think one of the things that Chris said brought to my mind that, and, and we talked about this a little, a little last time, but uh, being new to Brook Hills, then I don't know, there may be somebody there that I've never met before, that I've never seen before, that may have been there for 20 years. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, if I'm not sure, then I, you know, I just have to take the risk that, hey, uh, are you new? And they go, no, I've been here forever. Well, you know, okay, I'm sorry. I'm, well, I'm, I'm new. But I'm glad you're, I'm new and I'm glad that you're here. So uh, it is, it's taking that risk that, uh, you know, I'm going to try to make a connection and mm-hmm. I'm going to try to do that in a way that builds a relationship or builds at least a, a friendship there. I like that. Yep. Cool. You know, this morning, Andy and I were talking and he brought out something I hadn't thought about that uh, men like to talk about their work. You know, that's a point of identity and women like to talk about their kids, you know? And so, Hey, that's a, that's a point we might need to think through in the questions that we ask and, and how we, we seek to connect with people. So, all right. And like I mentioned last time, we uh, we introduce everybody in our group. We go around and have everyone introduce. I realize the larger the group gets, uh, that, that can consume some time. And so sometimes I say, okay, today you have one sentence to <laughs> introduce yourself. And so that can be a, a challenge. But, you know, one of the other things we, we do in our group is, um, in fact, I gave one of them out last week. Um, we recently did a group directory with pictures. Oh, nice. And... I, I dropped those off off of Facebook, and by the way, you know, Andy shared last time that that they had celebrated their fiftieth anniversary. Well, I could not find a good picture of he and Pam on Facebook, so I found this young couple in their twenties, <laughs> just a silhouette, and dropped it in until I actually had a real picture of Andy. So <laughs> everybody was so jealous. Yeah. <laughs> so it it was kind of. Andy in his younger days, you know, so that was good. But I think that's helpful, too, with the size our group has gotten lately. Uh, it's just another point. Somebody can take that home and kind of look, okay, yeah, I remember he was the guy sitting across from me. Here's his name. And um, what about name tags? Do you guys uh, – I know we don't always do it. Uh, who was it that started name tags? Was it Liz this I morning? think it was Liz this morning. Yeah. Okay, my wife is great about this. You know, when we have guests, she'll run grab the name tags and pass that and a Sharpie around. So, hey – Keep that stuff handy. That's brilliant. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We've never done name tags. Okay. So I like cool. that. Yeah. And so I, I will say too, um, on the going around and int- introducing yourself, um, is it, I mean, how do y'all feel about calling an audible and saying, Hey, you know what, this, this other plan that I had, you know, for us to do today in, in group, we might push that back a little bit just so that we can make this couple feel welcome and let everybody spend us, three minutes. Uh, for us, we have guests often enough that I wouldn't want to do that too often. What I'll do is intentionally, okay, when we do that, I know, okay, this is going to take five to 10 minutes. We need to cheat on the prayer time a little bit, cheat on the lesson a little bit. And of course, man, we're, we always have the group in the hallway waiting for us to exit. <laughs> oh man. I didn't say that out loud. <laughs> By the way, if you're listening and you're on campus group and on Sunday morning, you know, at, at, um, at nine o'clock, you need to give the other group 15 minutes. I always give them 15. No, I'm kidding. No. <laughs> <laughs> you heard it here, a confession. So, 
Anyway, so yeah, keeping some name tag, tags around is is great. One of the other things I, I realized was a problem uh, a few years ago in a, in a different church. Liz and I were leading a singles group, and we had somebody come in after you know the teaching had had already started, and so the group was getting kind of large, and so it, I felt like it'd be awkward if I just stopped and welcomed them, but. Next time we didn't have any guests, I said, okay, guys, here's the plan. You know, it was a singles group. It, I said, if it's a guy that comes in, I want one of you men to slide over, shake hands, whisper a little bit, you know, and, you know, introduce yourself, make sure they're welcome. Uh, girls, you know, one of you do the same if it's a, if it's a girl. And so anyway, uh, and always have some empty chairs because if somebody comes to your room late and there are no chairs, They've yeah, automatically <laughs> interrupted. Right. You know, you're going to have to interrupt and go get a chair, and so that that can be over. And that's part of that uh, that we talked about last time. The first five minutes, first seven minutes of connection is so important. And if they walk in and there's no place to sit, uh, not only do they feel awkward and embarrassed, but it destroys that first five to seven minutes of connectivity there. Yeah, yeah. and sitting in somebody's lap is a weird icebreaker. Yeah, right. You don't want to do that. <laughs> yeah. And one of the things I, I thought about, you know, during the group time, for some reason, you know, about five to ten years ago, I realized, hey, when we're sharing prayer requests, we often, even if there's a guest in the room, share in a way we're assuming most everybody else knows what we're talking about. And so, Andy, I don't know if you noticed it, but sometimes I think I even did it this morning. It. Mm-hmm. Somebody was sharing a prayer request, and I looked at our guests and just uttered a word or two of background to help them know what he was talking about in the prayer request. You know, uh, somebody, for instance, might say, uh, you guys, please continue praying for my mom. Well, what are we praying for <laughs> right. your mom? Right. You know, and so I might look at the guests and say, you know, his mom lives in Huntsville and she's she has cancer. We're praying for her. You know, and something like that just quickly fills in the whole gap. Um, bottom line, we don't want our guests to feel like outsiders, and if they're outside of all the communication and conversation, and sometimes that happens with inside jokes too. I mean, we can laugh. At something that we just think is hilariously funny because we know the inside joke. Mm-hmm. But if the guest doesn't know it, then they're really going to feel like they're left out. Mm. Yep. So true. I'm, I'm holding, I'm fighting. Holding oh, go ahead. Something. No. <laughs> <laughs> I, we, yeah, no. Let, let's carry on. Okay. <laughs> All right. It's a story for a different day. Cool. <laughs> um, and I, I don't know if I mentioned that. I think I did last podcast, but it's in my notes here. I jumped all over last time. But um, greeting people early is important. And so our, our group, we did did great one Sunday visiting uh, afterwards, and I encouraged people, "Hey, let's let's greet people if they're if they're there on time. Let's greet them before group. That way, they have a good positive experience right up front." And so, uh, Chris, I think last time did we cover the uh, follow up? I was moving into that. Did we? Yeah, we. I think we discussed following up with we emails did, yep. and texts, and mm-hmm. um, Pam writes a. Um, kind of a card to those people. I'll tell you, let me share another great idea. I feel like I'm talking a lot, but hey, you guys <laughs> chime in whenever. But um, And this this later got hard, and I'll explain why. But when I was leading that singles group at another church, I'd read that book by Josh Hunt that talks about making connection early. And so I got this bright idea, hey, if people visit my group on a Sunday morning, let's just take them to lunch that day. Just invite them and take them to lunch. That was pretty easy when it was a, a single. You know, when I started um, here at Brook Hills doing a, what was originally a parents of teens group, uh, there was a couple that came in and had four kids, and I was going, ooh, ooh, taking them out to lunch yeah. on a Sunday, that's going to be a major impact to the budget, to the budget, to the family budget. So anyway, there might 
be some other things. But one of the things we saw uh, in that singles group, when we started doing that, our retention rate of people coming back the next Sunday was just super high mm-hmm. because we connected them really, really early. And I think that's something that's a, that's a great idea. Um, what has been your guys' experience in visiting groups or visiting churches? Anything that uh, has been a been a positive or a, or a negative you'd want to comment on? That's um, Andy. We might talk about you. Um, you know, our group a year ago was probably in the single digits, and Andy was one of the ones who uh, came in. And after that, uh, everybody else that visited stayed stayed there. Chris, did you have something to throw out? No, I was just telling you to move to closer to your microphone. Oh, okay. Chris was giving me the sign. Stay close to my microphone. Okay. I, I got it now that everybody else knows I'm animated and wandering away. So anyway. Well, to try to answer your question, Jay, um, we came, we had visited several other groups and and they were all very good groups. And we, we all thought, well, we might go back to that group, but we didn't want to make a decision until we had visited several more. And we came to, to your group and, uh, it just felt like that's where we were supposed to be. Uh, and so we said, okay, let's, we'll come back next week. Well, then the next week there was another couple that came and, and we connected with that new couple as well as the group. And all of a sudden our group has, has gone from what, seven or eight to yeah. 25 yeah, or so. Average over 20 in the last couple of months. So yeah. it's, it's been good. So it's, it's just been, um, first of all, it's been a God thing that he's been bringing people together. The group has become uh, very cohesive and there's a, a good desire to study together, to friendship together, to build relationships together. Uh, and so I think that's, to me, that's the bottom line on a group. Yes. And I, I think I use that on other podcasts, just to encourage people, you know, sometimes you're, you know, you try to reach out to people and grow the group a little bit and it just doesn't seem like you're making any progress, but Hey, just hang in there, keep doing what you need to do, and um, trust God with the results. You know, just be faithful with what's going on. You, you asked me to visit Wednesday night groups because you were out of town the other uh, this past week. And so one of the things I asked the group leaders was, how many people do you have in your group? And some would say, you know, 12 or 15 or 20, and some would say six. And I thought, well, you know, it, it doesn't really matter the number. It is the relationships that are there, and are are they moving toward knowing God more through that group. And that's, that's really what welcoming people is about mm-hmm. is, is bringing them into a group where they can say, this is, this is like home. This is like family. And I, I want to be here. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I, I think I mentioned last time, but that, that we do have some, um, you know, scheduled times of the month that we, that we have some type of fellowship, you know, twice a month. We do one in a home on a Saturday. We, our particular group, has people all the way from Gardendale to almost Columbiana. And, Holy uh, cow. Yeah, I put that on a map one time. If you drove from the southernmost person's house to the northernmost, I think it was like 45 minutes, maybe 50. And Easily. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, you know, the thing on a Saturday might be a long drive for somebody. Um, and so we schedule once a month kind of as a second fellowship. We just go out to lunch after church. And so – one of the things that does is allows you some kind of regularly scheduled thing coming up to invite people to. And it's just a great environment sitting around at a restaurant, getting to know somebody. It, it just allows some more of that time that sometimes being in a group doesn't allow. I think for, uh, for our group, um, 
our wives are great social planners, so they do the planning for both the men and the women. Yes, <laughs> so, yes. um, but they do a great job of planning, uh, you know, like game nights for the moms, you know, just having the game, the moms all get together and um, like require, not, I want to say forcing or requiring, but everyone has to participate in some sort of game. And that just, that really breaks down any kind of um, barriers between them. And they've grown so close together because of that. So that's something they uh, regularly do. And I'm very jealous of it. Um, because the guys don't do the same thing. Um, yes. but yeah, I mean, I think you, you have to do things outside of group. Um, the first group I ever mentioned or ever visited, um, I had no idea what I was walking into. Um, I didn't really know the group, small group leader, um, really anything. About How did you wind up getting connected to that group? Uh, really, we just, we found the name on the, on the form or the listing of, okay. uh, elementary parents. And, um, they were the first one that we saw. Okay. <laughs> so we were like, it was, it's a new group. Uh, and had the name. I was like, okay, we'll try that one. And okay. so we visited and man, the small group leader, his name was Josh. He, he made me feel so welcome as Wendy as well. Um, we were fully engaged in the conversation. So it wasn't like we were there visiting and just kind of off to the side. Like it was almost like he put us front and center so that we were a part of the conversation and what everything that he was going talking about. And, um, all the other couples made us feel really, really welcome. They, um, didn't make it, awkward at all. Like they just all, you know, introduced themselves and, um, it just felt, you know, like you said, family already. And I'm sitting here going like, why have I not been coming to something like this for so long? Like what? I didn't even know this was here. Like this wow. is the thing. I just thought group was just something you did as a requirement and man, <laughs> this is great. Yeah. <laughs> so, cool. um, so that, that was a blessing. And so you went back the second week. Just, we did. Okay. Yep. Yeah, yep. Yeah. And for five years. So for five years, <laughs> you kept coming back. <laughs> yeah. Yep. At um, what point did you say to yourself, I need this and I want to be a part of this. Oh, second week. Yeah. But, but you came back. So probably something in the first week. Uh, mean, easily. What, what yeah. clicked then? Yeah. I think it was, um, if I, if I look back on it, it was the way Josh welcomed us and introduced us to the group. He didn't introduce us as guests. Uh, he introduced Wendy and I as new members of our family. And I was like, Oh, Okay. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I signed up for this yet, but it sounds like I have. Yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, because it just, there was no air of, Oh, you're new here. It mm-hmm. was, it was a, a refreshing feeling of, Hey, we're glad you're back. Uh-huh. You know, we, we've been waiting for you and Wendy to fill these two seats. And so let's go. Okay. Um, and that, I mean, to me, that was enough to say, Hey, I, I, there may be like 15 other groups just like this out there, but I'm good here. Mm-hmm. Okay. And that's exactly what we're trying to, to talk about today is how do we have people come in and help them feel like, they're, they've arrived to their family. How do they come in and feel like they are connected and that they find that this is a, a group of people that care about me? Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes we can worry too much about the teaching and, and the the Bible study time. And, you know, I mentioned Josh Hunt already. He he spoke here once to us, but um, his book, one of his early books had a, had a really good principle in it. And he was talking to to teachers and said, you don't have to hit a home run every time. You just need to hit a single, you know, and, um, you know, and thinking about some of the things we've said, often it's, it's, I mean, the teaching is important, like I said, but often it's the relational part of group that, that really draws people and brings them back. And so that's one of the things we want to really communicate. But Andy, do you remember, you know, in, in coming into my group, what it was that like when you thought, Hey, we're, we're going to come back next week or. Oh, I'm sure it was the, 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 uh, way you handled the welcome and how 
you had us all laughing and had us all awkward feeling and <laughs> <laughs> no not would awkward. you remind Liz how funny I am yeah. <laughs> no no I mean, that was the other part <laughs> no it was it was just the fact that there was an, an air of of uh, funness okay uh, and uh, you you have a, a way about you that just uh, you laugh a lot you you enjoy people and and so it was it was like you were sincerely glad we were there okay cool well, believe it or not, I've reached the end of my notes. You guys have anything else to add, or do we sign off here? I think right. we're good. I think we're good. All right. Yeah, this has well, been a ton of fun. We yeah. just want to encourage you guys that are listening, have some kind of plan. And so now that you've listened to a couple of weeks on this, just sit down and think through, hey, what am I going to do different? How are we going to greet people? How are we going to make them feel welcome? Uh, are we going to go around and introduce all of ourselves? Are we going to use a guest card? Uh, what's our follow-up? going to be who's going to be responsible for making sure that takes place and and like chris said in the first episode hey spread the spread the work around you you as the leader don't Mm -hmm. need to do everything (laughs) and it makes some of your existing members feel much more part of the group if they have an assignment and there's something that they're responsible for so we encourage you to have a plan on what you're going to do to make people feel like home well thanks for listening and we'll see you again next week Well, that's all for this episode of the Great Groups Podcast. Please do subscribe on your favorite podcast app so that you won't miss the next episode. Also, visit us online at greatgroups.org and leave a comment there. We would love to hear from you. Thanks again for listening today. We'll be back next time with a conversation that inspires you to make disciples. And that's the point of Great Groups. Make disciples.